Street Champs, come get put on. Today we're in here with a very special guest, two thirds of Red Sage. How you guys doing today? Fantastic. What's up, fellas? Doing the damn thing, man. Yeah. Glad to have you guys in. Right on. Thank we're happy to be us. here. Yeah, thank you guys. Hell yeah. So, um, Red Sage, you guys just came from a, a festival, right? Uh, yeah, we're at uh, Rise and Vibe Festival at Tico Time down in uh, Aztec, New Mexico. Just um, a little bit south of Durango. It was like 40 minutes south of Durango, something like that. Yeah, something that far. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, last night was like just super chill vibes like maybe like 60 people or something like that uh um being that it's a thursday night you know most Mm -hmm. people aren't going to drive down for a festival so it's just all acoustic music and uh today everything's kicking off down there um mostly female artists today which is pretty awesome i'm a little bit bummed that we're missing out on natalie rides tonight and uh shout out to amanda juline also uh from denver she's a badass and um yeah, and then tomorrow we're playing with Fortunate Youth and cashed out down there. After, yeah, moving around. Yeah, hell yeah. <clears throat> um, sorry, I, I kind of fucked it up. Uh, Jordan, yes sir, and Aaron, yes sir. Yeah, for the people that don't know, what's the third member of the band we're missing? Nick. Nick. Yep, yeah, on the bass. All right, nice. Um, yeah, shout out Natalie Rise. I'm actually interviewing her tomorrow too. All awesome. Right. Mm. Yeah, hopefully that's gonna very cool. Is she at Bruce tomorrow night? Yep. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. With uh, her opener, I think his name's. Uh, Mallory or Melini or some shit like oh, that. Oh yeah, uh, shit. Now I can't uh, remember. It's Minori song. Min- yeah, Minori. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, hard, yeah. it's a hard name. She's from Jamaica. Shout out them. Yeah, big ups. Um, all right. So Natalie Rise is actually from New Zealand. I'm just gonna correct that. No, she her opener is from Jamaica. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you guys from? I'm from Pueblo. I'm from Zacatecas, Mexico, but I I'm Pueblo. I'm from Pueblo. Nice. I've been out here most of my life. I only was out in Mexico for about maybe seven years. And then I've been in Colorado for a good 17 years, I think, now. And I've just lived in Pueblo. Now I've traveled out, like, up north and stuff for work. And now um, I'm in Colorado Springs. So it's pretty good. I like it out here. Yeah. I didn't even notice your your Mexican accent until you started talking. Oh yeah. Yeah, like you, you do. Like, <laughs> I mean, isn't that how that works sort of? Right, like, no, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, it's true, but like instead of you started talking more, like we were talking before this for Yeah, for sure. For a little bit. For sure. Damn. Might be the headphones now that you got it in your ear too. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Hear me yeah. Clearly now. Exactly. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, yeah, bro. Um how did you guys meet? Uh, we've known each other for... Uh, I honestly ever. don't even know how I met this guy. Yeah. We've just been hanging out. Nah, we've met through the skate parks and stuff. We were skating and whatever, you know what I mean? Like, maybe four years ago. But we recently just connected through music through this other band, Weege. And then, um, we just both liked our work ethic. And then we just put it together. And here we are now. I've been watching this homie play since, whatever. It's been at least, I, what, at least six years, I guess, since Definitely. we've, like, actually been talking uh but you know he's he's so young as fuck and i've been i've been playing all around colorado for close to 10 years now and uh he's been hitting me up trying to jam for a long time and i i've noticed him grinding and just you know putting the work in trying to make a name for himself and being at all the shows like seeing his face constantly over and over again you know let me know he was dedicated to it and uh recently back in may had a little bit of a falling out with the previous lineup that i had in my band and um guitar player quit right before we were actually supposed to go and play the festival that we're at this weekend uh so we had to cancel like the week before 
and then uh my old the the bass player i had also just kind of stopped responding to everything and uh my my drummer that i had is hands down the like the best player i've ever worked with and unfortunately he's just so good that everybody wants to work with him so everyone's offering him like major money to go on tour or just to play a show here and there or go in the recording studio so uh shout out to khalil brown uh one of my favorite human beings um he's in you know we there is no like animosity between myself or any of the other uh bandmates they just you know life happens sometimes people decide that this just isn't what they want to do uh for most people i think they really glamor glamorize the tour life and then you get on the road and you realize it's like it's work like this mm. isn't you know it's not all fun and play you're driving a lot of times like for instance this weekend we're driving seven hours to go play a hour long set last night and then we drive five hours back here to go play an hour set tonight mm. now we're driving five hours back tonight to go play an hour set tomorrow so it's like you know you're putting in a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of hours just to have that small blip of like your your moment you know and uh, that's something I think a lot of artists don't necessarily talk about or express that much because it's it's like it's kind of a part of that that mirage that goes on from the outside. You know, you're you're putting this show together and you want the crowd to have this amazing experience for the 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or hour that they're going to experience you. And so it's like you know, there's all these moving pieces that are going on behind the scenes that everybody on the outside just has no clue is like mind-numbing it's it's brain melting to put a show together and to just to keep track of all the moving pieces and i've self-managed this band for 10 years as well so it's exhausting to try to keep up with everything but when this homie hit me up uh really it was like almost like back in may when that was happening yeah. you were saying like you know if you need a keyboard player um i'm available and i've been up until then for the last two years i was on keyboards i've flipped on and on uh, on and off from guitar to keyboards i initially taught myself keyboard because i couldn't find a keyboard player so i was like mm -hmm. fuck it i'm just gonna play keyboards i'll find a guitar player wow. and i'm just gonna play keys and sing and i did that on and off over the last 10 years and now i just decided i'm going back to guitar i'll wait until i find the right keyboard player because uh, I hate not being able to move around on stage. so mm, It's the vibe. It's part of the vibe. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Being able to work the crowd and like get down in people's faces and connect with them, like it, it changes everything. And uh, Yeah, so this homie hit me up about keys, and I was going to bring him in on keys, and then um, I quickly realized that you know everyone was kind of parting ways. And uh, then I got asked to go play with Weege in July in Wyoming at a festival, and uh, we were actually set to play with a different drummer. And it wasn't until literally the week before the festival, they were like, let's bring Aaron in because he's he's available and the kid wants to work. And he was also in the studio uh, hanging out while a lot of that stuff was being recorded. So he already knew the songs and he picked it up with the week, you know. And oh. uh, we have went out and handled it like a boss. And I was impressed by his work ethic, by his, his chops. Man, I, you know, I, I was on stage with you. And I was like, oh, yeah, this kid can do it. Like, yeah. So immediately I was like, come come play drums with me. And yeah. how, many, how many members have you lost throughout the years? Oh, dude. I, I, honestly, I don't even know where to begin. I couldn't even begin to tell you. I, I, um, just Red Sage. Uh, just Red Sage. Yeah. Uh, this is at least the... Like, like what's funny, too, is I've had 
members in the past that have come back in and they'll play with me again for a little bit and then they realize like okay i really do want to go do something else uh, and that's what just happened recently with the bass player that i just let go he was actually on guitar before for me for a while um so it's it's like it's kind of hard to keep track you know i've probably had uh at least in red sage i've gone through four different drummers um i've had um really only two different three different three different guitar players because other than that i've pretty much played guitar most of the time there was even a period of time where i had keyboard set up and i would play my guitar and switch between a bubble on the keyboard and then go to like solo mm. on the guitar and then go back and jesus that, christ it, that's it, a working it, man it is too much to, to keep track of on stage and then you're trying to remember lyrics too and it's like where am i playing the keyboard where am i playing the guitar when's my singing start when does it stop like where does it, it's it's a lot and there were times it's like i'm ending a solo on the piano going straight back to the guitar and uh yeah so anyway i'm trying to simplify now and just kind of bring it back down to the skeleton crew and let us rebuild everything back up and i feel very fortunate to have found these two because uh they're both super dedicated and they have a, a similar drive that i do where it's just once we set our mind to it you know it's locked in and that's what we're gonna do so mm. um yeah yeah I don't know. I feel like I'm mumbling about this right now. No, no, that was great. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Figuring point. it out. That's. I mean, a lot of people filter through. You know, yeah. I'm sure it's not just your band too. This is that's band life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and so this was the thing too. Uh, when I started Red Sage um, about eight years ago, the whole reason that I started Red Sage was because the band before that was like. Um, we, I, I, I don't know if you guys knew about Liberation before, but that was, I, I had a band called Liberation and we were hip hop and reggae and my homie Hurley uh, used to rap on, under the name Mind State. He's the one that actually got me to start producing music and to start writing music. Like mm. if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't even be where I'm at today. Like he, he convinced me to sit down and make hip hop beats for him. And we would just lock ourselves in my apartment. I would sit there and make an instrumental, and he'd literally be writing lyrics while I was building the instrumental. And I was nice. just using a, a keyboard and a, and a little eight-track studio recorder. And uh, so he'd be listening along while I'm like building it layer by layer. And he'd be writing lyrics and spitting, and uh, and we probably wrote like forty songs in a matter of a couple months. Nice. And uh, ended up opening up for Twista. That was the first time I was ever on stage. Nice. Uh, and then we opened for Devin the Dudes shortly that after comment. that. This guy did that too. Yes, sir. Devin the Dude, Twista. Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah, let's go. And uh, some uh, sadly uh, some ICP dudes. And that was one of the weirdest shows I ever played. They smoke bombed our set so that everybody would go outside and then come back in for their set. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's not go past that a little yeah. bit. So you got this just tell us a story about that. Like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> so bombed your set. Yeah, so this guy was like uh the producer yeah. of ICP's music and I, I guess uh he like DJs for them when they're on on tour, so you know, it's just their DJ and he brought like one or two other um lyricists with them to rap on stage and they had a whole gag box of like chains and masks and like the weirdest fucking stuff you can imagine of course and, sounds like a good uh, time it, it, I mean, <laughs> in the right context i suppose you know depending on where you're at but when you're at a show and on stage and then they're like down in the audience pulling this stuff out before you're even done it's like something's going on down there i don't really like it where is this at uh, we're at the roxy in denver okay and uh yeah and then 
probably we were like three or four songs from the end of our set so they waited until we were like halfway through at least they got let you guess yeah yeah well their whole goal was like drive everybody out towards the end of their set so that they're forced to be outside for at least 20 minutes and then come back in when we're ready to go on what the fuck they literally they stink bombed and smoke bombed it so you you just had like a nasty smell coming up onto the stage and smoke filling the room and everybody's like running out coughing and choking and shit and the venue didn't say anything. I was like, you guys are, you're just going to let this happen. Security's just cool with this. And so we're on stage. So you, we, you're just playing to yeah. like just smoke and stink? Just mustered through it, yep. Just mustered, oh, just mustered through just it. Mustered. Was there anybody there? <laughs> anybody that stick around? Uh, there may be like, yeah, like the, the fucking 20 people that we brought ended up, you know, they just like went to the back of the room and watched from back there. Oh. But yeah. Yeah. Whoa! I've never heard anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so like three songs or something. How long? How long uh, did you guys deal with that? Well, we had a forty-five minute set, I guess. So you know, we we probably yeah, it was like a it was like probably like the last two or three songs of our set. Oh, like fifteen yeah. minutes, yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god, so. dude, that's so rough. Yeah. What were you thinking at that point? Like just on stage playing to stink and smoke, dude. I don't even know, man. I, I was I was probably so nervous about just being on stage back then <laughs> right, that I was I was yeah. barely even oh processing what was happening. You know. <laughs> Yo, you mustered through it though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Respect. I was probably so focused on my keyboard that I didn't even st- like. I, I remember watching the thing unfold, watching the events oh unfold, but not really like you know processing what they're doing until until smoke's filling the room, and then we're like, oh, these Whoa. assholes. You yeah. wasn't a grudge against ICP, or do you fuck with them? No, I I, I don't. You know, I, I, I'm just not a grudge holding type of person as it is. You know, um, I got tons of stories about other musicians and artists on, over the years, and it just is what it is. People are crazy, and the road is such a crazy lifestyle that I've I've learned not to really blame anybody for their faults, especially you know artists that are on the road for you know ten hours at a time. Just like I was explaining, you know, going to the to a venue, half of them don't even know what city they're in when they wake up because they can they don't even care to keep track of the schedule at a point because it's like the manager does that all i do is get on the bus the bus driver drives me to where i go i'm gonna go and play in that city and that's you know that's how a lot of artists operate um and when i got my own glimpse of that you know being on tour for a couple uh, weeks at a time here and there with my own band and other bands um it starts to feel that way like really just a few days in you're like what day of the week is it where are we going next? Like, mm-hmm. what, what what city are we in? And then you're just like, I guess it really doesn't matter. Like, we're just going to the next spot and we're just doing the thing. And we meet people and you just make the most of it. And uh, for me, it's just about experience. Like, I didn't start doing this to try to be famous or to, you know, um, I don't know. I didn't. I never had an agenda. I just love to make music. I love connecting with people. And I like the fact that I get to go and travel to do it and see new places, meet new people, hear about new experiences hear different viewpoints from people um yeah i don't know i just i don't like mm. to close my mind off to anything so everything's fair game for me what about as a as a young guy coming in first off like going back a few we were talking about you're the fourth fourth drummer to come in you're the yeah. fourth drummer to come in so yeah. like how does that make you feel knowing that you fucking um, kind of feel in those shoes well watching these guys you know what i mean as i grew up watching them play you know what i mean um they just like gave me a different drive you know what i mean to you know I mean? actually make my goal so started playing with him you know what i mean and just watching everything unfold like when we uh played with fortunate youth we just had all this like this fan base i guess you know what i mean and we just it's just going it's just good from here you know 
So it, it feels pretty good. And then we, um, I was watching other artists play, you know what I mean? Um, they just, I don't really know how to explain it, honestly. It's just like it kind of just all unfolded on its own, you know what I mean? Because I, I do construction on the side too as well, so I'm constantly I'm constantly on the go. And then it just kind of it happened. So we, play, we played in Wyoming. Um, we only had like maybe two practices before the festival. And um, we were playing both days, so had those two practices, and then we just had to wing it, you know what I mean? We just, I mean, he kept eye contact with me the whole time, you know what I mean? He kind of just helped me get through the show, you know what I mean? Like, with the breakdowns and the songs and stuff. So we connected afterwards, like he said, we were gonna, I was gonna play keys with him, you know what I mean? Because I, I play drums, piano, I play a little bit of everything. Wow. Um, but drums are my main instrument, you know what I mean? That's where I, I, I could express myself the most, you know what I mean? Um, but... Yeah, it was, it just like, it just unfolded on its own, and we just started connecting together, and then um, we only had like, what, maybe one practice before the uh, Fortune Youth show at the Black Sheep, and maybe like one or two practices? No, we had at least three, because... We were there. Yeah, there it was, was a great show. I think it was were, a great show. There were three oh, yeah. with me, you and Nick, and then we had the one with Sam, so we had like four. Oh yeah, that's right, because we brought in the key player last minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, I'm not, in all honesty, it's been a good, it's been a good, um journey yeah i mean i'm still just starting out playing music i just got back from california with my homies uh ghost wave shout out to them um we were playing out there with dread kennedy and long beach and all them oh guys, wow so ghost wave that sounds a really really familiar yeah, they're all from out here denver based what's like their most popular song it's like uh well actually they played with the band called project 432 they were pretty known out here yeah i fucking i ghost wave sounds sounds familiar yeah to you. Mm-hmm. is that is it reggae or is it kind of like more electronic it's it's reggae like it's, it's a little hip hop infused into it too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of trippy, honestly. But the um, it's more dubby and like hip hop style. That's fire. Mm. Okay, but um, yeah, like I said, man, it's just it's it's been a good road. You know, what I mean, I still we I got so much more to go. But you do have a lot ahead of you. You know, there's, there's so much road ahead of you at the Definitely. end of the day. That's cool, man. I mean, you've got you've gone far too. But same with you. You guys, you guys are doing the damn thing. It's inspirational for fellow artists you know Definitely. it's really cool yeah and it's crazy like and people really don't understand i mean people think they're just playing music on the road whatever doing it but like a lot of these artists they still work full time you know what i mean it's crazy how like i'm i'm learning how it all just works now you know what i mean so like mm. i said i do roofing full, full time you know mm. um but i get I what's got, the company uh you want to shout them out yeah triple a <laughs> roofing <laughs> yeah let's go <laughs> so you know um I but like in all reality, I just have a good work ethic in general. You know, what I mean, I love to play music, and I like, I just love the reggae community. You know, what I mean, everybody's welcoming and caring. You know, what I mean, they're good most people. Most everybody. Yeah, mostly, <laughs> mostly. You guys, are you guys in uh, relationships? I uh, I've been single for about two years. I just uh, yeah. I I had I had about a gnarly three year run <laughs> between two different women, and it ended up well. The, the one before the last one. I'm not gonna go to. <laughs> he says the one before the last. The one, one before the last one. Uh, the X stabbed me with a kitchen knife, and uh, so oh, oh wait. And then I went from that to somehow a more manipulative person. Wait, and I was wait, in. Where'd she stab you? Uh, just it, it, honestly, it wasn't. Even, she. Tr- I should say she tried to stab me. She tried to stab me right here in my gut. Uh, but she sliced the tip of this finger off. Like it's still. I don't have any feeling in the tip of this finger oh. anymore. Uh, and I. It like swiped 
it like grazed my stomach right here. You got a scar? No, no. It just like it was a. Uh, it was literally just a small oh little fucking God, graze. That's like, terrifying. I got lucky, Did you but the the, the the crazy part mm-hmm. is uh, I really shouldn't tell this on here, but I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, no names. No names. No, no, names. no, no names. This was in Minecraft. Only only my closest <laughs> friends know who I'm talking Minecraft about. Yes. Yeah, uh, she uh, afterwards she. Um, she, I, I, well, I kicked her out because obviously, you know, I, so what had happened was I caught her, I found out she was cheating on me. Oh, and when I confronted man. her, she didn't know how to handle it. So she, her reaction was to, to deflect and to literally grab my kitchen knife off of the fucking countertop and swung it at me. Oh my God. And That's true love extreme. Right yeah, dude. Serrated, like right a there. serrated long fucking, uh, it was a Cutco knife. I still remember the oh, brand. Man. Oh, yeah, oh, man. She got expensive. you with the Cutco. Yeah, dude. It was like an $80 fucking <laughs> kitchen knife. And I, the only reason I remember is because I was pissed because the cops had to take it for evidence afterwards. Oh. Uh, so I never got that knife back. That was what I was most upset about. But oh my God. She, she I kick her out. She goes running down the street she used to she used to live in her van and she would stay with me for extended periods of time and uh she went running back to her van five minutes later i get a knock on the door i'm there's blood all over my kitchen like literally like it looks like a murder scene i'm I'm, it's it looked a million times worse than what i just described like my fingertips missing and the fucking the tiny little scratch here but there's blood everywhere in my kitchen like it literally looks like my mostly from his finger probably too huh mostly from the finger yeah and uh i get a knock on the door and i open the door and there i see a pool of blood trailing down my stairs and she's standing in front of my door. I live in a in a fourplex at the time, mind you. So there's neighbors above me, neighbors next door, Twice. neighbors in front, neighbors to the <laughs> side. And then the landlord lives like right in front of my building, and he can see outside my window any at any given time. And I, we, <laughs> oh my god, <clears throat> she, perfect setup. When I open the door, she's holding her gut. And she looks me in the eye with blood dripping everywhere, like a scene from a horror movie. And she goes, "We're even now." No! And I said, you need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and I shut the herself. door. She st- yeah, she stabbed herself. She And here's the fucked up part. Is this girl was so smart. Like, she understood the human anatomy so much that she knew where to stab herself to miss her own vital organs. Because even the nurse told me when she came in, she was like, she somehow like stabbed herself in the perfect spot where she didn't puncture her stomach or her spleen or something like that. Like, she, the way she entered the knife was so sophisticated that she, like knew to miss her own organs and she just went for you she was just trying to kill you yeah 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 oh my god and then she felt guilty after so she stabbed herself and came back to show me she in in jail right now uh she was at the time (laughs) i i here's the most fucked up part my dumb ass uh tells the court i don't want to press charges or like you know i don't want to i don't want to pursue any of that type of stuff and they're like well it's not even up to you at this point because this is like beyond that (laughs) and uh um and and then and then eventually it came back and they were like if you don't show up to the court then that's the same as not pressing charges so that's what i did because i would i told them i was like i think she's just mentally ill she needs to get some help my dumb ass gives her a second chance after two weeks so she spent a week in jail then she they, they the court mandated a, a week restraining order on her and then after that week expired i let her come out to one of my shows and i was like <laughs> we could try to work things out whatever you were crazy that pussy must have been yeah, 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 dog. Yo. I, you you cracked the code <laughs> you cracked the fucking code and uh 
Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, that toxic it was shit. poisonous. Yeah, it was poisonous. Oh my god! Wait, so okay, back to the okay. You guys got back together, then she. But well, you were cheating on her the whole time, though. No, she was cheating on me. <laughs> she cheated on me. He's the toxic one. But, but my my thought process was like, she's already broken the bond, so now I can do whatever I want. Okay, and if she still wants to, you know, fuck around here and there, I'll 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 entertain the idea. And, yeah, it was uh, fire. And then she got black out drunk at our show at ophelia's one night oh, fuck. and she almost ruined my relationship with that venue entirely uh she was standing at the edge of the bar shouting at the bartender by name for like an hour straight just would not leave this dude alone oh. and then she ended up passing out in the bathroom and i had to get some sweet old lady to go in there and find her and she was like there's a blonde girl in the middle of the bathroom with her pants around her ankles and vomit everywhere and i was like yeah, could you wake her up? Like, that's my boo. My boo. So I'm like, I had literally had to put her on my back and carry her out of the oh fucking my venue. God. I had to tell the venue owner I'm sorry while she's like fucking draped over my shoulder. Etana, we played with Etana that night, and on the way out, Etana stopped me to give me a hug. So I had to put my drunk girlfriend down <laughs> to talk Not to Etana and give yeah. her a, a hug. Then we get back to my place, and uh, she starts shouting and screaming, making a scene. And she bit my fucking armpit, like latched onto it like a goddamn pit bull, and she wouldn't ah. let go. And I happened to be on That's the That's almost phone. worse than getting stabbed. I was on the... Oh, dude. I, <laughs> it, it, for real, because... Because it's like, what do I do in this situation? I can't punch her. I can't like, like I can't throw her on the ground. So I instantly, I'm just like, okay, put her in a fucking headlock and just hold on until she lets go. And I'm on the phone with her mom, like literally at this point, because I was trying to settle her down. So I had called her mom. It's like three in the morning. Her mom's in fucking wherever, Wyoming, Wisconsin, whatever it is, Nebraska. And uh, they're all the same. It's a lot. It was Nebraska. They're all the same. Yeah, they're all three of them are the same. And I'm talking to her. I'm like, your daughter is biting me right now. And I was like, I'm going to have to fucking call the cops. If you And literally no sooner did I say that, the, a cop pulls up because somebody else had already called the cops. And uh, they had to, like, literally <laughs> pry her off of my fucking arm. Oh she my didn't. She, she, like, barely broke the skin and shit. But... Uh, I just imagine your neighbor like, yeah, oh, she's bi- yep, she's biting yep. his armpit now. Yeah, yeah. You guys might get here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So then a judge mandated that we didn't see each other for six months after that, and they mandated that I go to therapy. And uh, oh shit. Yeah. And then that therapist warned me about the next relationship that I was already getting into. She was like, she sounds narcissistic and she sounds more manipulative than the girl you were just with. She was like, and if you're not careful, you're going to be in a worse situation. Whoa. And I didn't heed that warning. And lo and behold a year later i was in a worse situation oh do you want to speak about that one i don't know if we could get crazier uh well no stabbings or anything that's just good okay. mostly just way more toxic behavior just, but yeah. lots of uh i had different sizes of flower vases thrown at my head uh mm. one of them barely like a giant one barely missed my dome and fucking crashing in the neighbor's door just broken glass everywhere all over their fucking apartment oh and, my god flower uh, pots she's is she Link? Like what? <laughs> Flower pots. What's good? Like <laughs> Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. Damn, bro. Yeah. All right. What about you, Aaron? Are you, you single, bro? Yeah, bro. It's complicated. Oh, oh damn, okay. Complicated. Oh, we're, we're leaving it short then. He ain't seen complicated. <laughs> damn. But it's. I bet it's kind of hard, like traveling with your girlfriend, though. Definitely, man. It's. it's you know, right, bro. Yeah, it's. 
It's a lot. You know, you're on the road, you know, and you freaking meet different people, you know what I mean? So you got these different emotions. And it's a lot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes I'm horny, sometimes I'm <laughs> Oh, yeah, my man's all bricked up. <laughs> <laughs> those, aren't, those aren't emotions, bro. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> hey, bro. That's called hormones. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's, you know... It's just good though. It's just I'm around good people, you know. Yeah, it's all that matters. Around good people, I'm just here for a good time, you know. Damn, here for a good time, not a long time. Yes, sir. Whatever, whoever said that. <laughs> Tupac said that. Yes, sir. Damn. <laughs> um, I kind of don't want to get off. I don't want to get off the topic of uh, dating on the road. What about <laughs> Jordan? You, so you're. It seems like it seems like you're. Uh, are you looking for a relationship on the road, or how does that go? <clears throat> you you meet some nice women, or is it just kind of all work? Um, you know, um, I guess it's situational. I've, I've, if you're asking if I've had flings on the road, yeah. Uh, if you're asking if I've like pursued true love on the road, then not so much. There are a few women for sure that I've met. Uh, one of them out in Arizona. I'm not going to shout her name out because I think she's in a relationship right now, but she knows who she is. Oh, uh, and uh, she's a homie though, um, real cool girl. And I there were there were moments where I was like, I could like if if because she would come visit Colorado sometimes, and we would play in Arizona time to time, and uh, just as. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my band. My band would play. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, wait, yeah, you yeah. already knew he yeah, was. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, that sounds weird. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, and then, I, you know, I, I know some I know some cool girls out in Cali, too. And uh, um, Utah, Utah, for sure. There there have been a few women. I did, I did for sure, catch eyes for a woman in, in Salt Lake one time. And, uh, you know, we played Reggae Rise Up Festival out there. And I remember, like, fucking spilled my heart to this girl at the festival oh and man i i straight up told her i was like i'll fucking wife you up right now and i she, love you yeah she was like she was like talking about moving to colorado and all this and that and then uh yeah i don't know time passed and we both just decided to pursue different things but mm. um yeah i don't know i think i've just been since the last relationship i've just been super focused on uh well, mostly martial arts is, is what I've been spending a lot of my energy on for the last two years, but, uh, you know, outside of music anyway. And uh, that last relationship also ended because she couldn't deal with me getting attention for, at shows, like literally. Uh, From these yep. when we When we played with Still Pulse, that was one of the worst, like, letdowns for me because oh. uh, that was one of the biggest moments of my personal life. Like, those are the guys that... That, that they're who I modeled my logo after. That's who made me really want to pursue reggae music. Those guys are easily one of the biggest influences Huge inspiration. Uh, for me. So um, sharing the stage with them at Cervantes was like a, a real big deal for me. And she threw a fit after our set because I walked to the green room to grab my beer and three girls told me hello. And I didn't think to introduce all three of them to her but she was standing oh, on the man, opposite side on. of the venue so i just happened to pass by these girls on the way to the to the green room that's my bitch to go grab both of our beers <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's like that's she, high school she like wanted really me good. to like walk each girl all the way over to her to come like <laughs> say hello no, so just saying hi yeah. yeah crazy shit damn wild yeah you know um what i would think is that is that it's only going to get worse from here and it's going to be harder to find relationships that are more meaningful you kind of have to take someone up with you is what i would i don't know that's what i would think yep. yeah, it's hard love on the road it's hard man you know 
especially if the girl like is like she wants you know what I mean really wants you too you know what I mean yeah. she would go with you or she would deal with the bullshit you know she's all trying to get pregnant on purpose and shit yeah bro Winston you wanna hit that no Winston Winston's not in Dave's bougie he doesn't smoke flour he just, dabs. <laughs> he just takes dabs oh you're one of those guys yeah <laughs> you didn't tell by the slides <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes perfect sense yeah if I would have looked at the slides first I wouldn't have even asked are you wearing those to the show tonight I don't have other shoes on me this guy's wearing those to the show tonight I love it that's gangster at least they're Wu-Tang though I'll give you that if they were like just straight up Crocs I probably wouldn't talk to you right now oh you'd be surprised I'm actually wearing Crocs right now (laughs) you've been talking to him this has been good guys he just dips because of the Crocs that'd be great my my coach is gonna disown me when I get back to Denver Damn. Speaking okay. of coaches, though, yeah. you like jujitsu, right? Isn't it jujitsu that you train? Uh, jujitsu, kickboxing, Muay Thai. Oh, you doing it all? Wrestling, a little bit of judo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn. When are we gonna see you in the cage? Um, that's a good question. I'm gonna start competing in jujitsu at the beginning of 2023. My coach is actually looking for a, a solid match for me or a um, tournament to enter in. Right here, typically a solid with, match right here. No, right? Hell no, bro. You gonna choke me out? <laughs> yeah. I ain't have no training. <laughs> I got my black belt in karate when I was 12. Like, we're... No. Oh, shit, <laughs> I'm gonna get yeah. choked down, though. So your boys are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Stand still. Stand still. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ha! Yeah. <laughs> are you yeah. not intimidated by my high eyes? Like, <laughs> what about you, bro? Are you doing any sports or anything? Or do you train, too, or what? Fuck no, man. I just, <laughs> I'm straight roofing and fucking... I, Busy I used man. to skate, bro. I used to skate, but fuck, man. I, I can't skate. But like you get older, you know what I mean? That shit hurts. Shut up, shit dude. Hurts. Don't even say the older word. Oh, you bro, haven't bro. even earned that. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. This yeah. guy's like fifty five. Yeah, dude. For real. <laughs> we were just <laughs> looking at my gray hairs before we came here. Like, what the fuck? And you're gonna even... literally so is there gray, gray hairs in my eyebrows? I will ask my fuck? mom and well, do you see gray hairs in my fucking eyebrows right now? <laughs> oh no. But yeah, man, I fucking I never really played sports. It's just always been music, man. Always been music and fucking roofing. That's it, bro. That's all I've been doing. It's construction and fucking, you know. Hell yeah. Never gets old. For Never sure. Old. When did you start growing your dreads out? Ooh, I think 2019, May 9th. May 9th. So I've had them for about maybe four years. Wow, you marked the date of their birth? Hell <laughs> yeah, bro. Hell yeah. I feel like way. everybody with dreads knows the date. Yeah, yeah bro. So you got to. It's like a little fur baby. <laughs> yeah, but these fuckers, man, they, they're a pain in the ass to deal with, man. Are you kind of Wait, your hair, or your hair or your band? Yeah, I do a Jordan all the time. But nah, yeah, they, they, they're hard to maintain, you know what I mean? Especially when you like. So I drive three hours away from work. So I live in Springs and then I work in Fort Collins. Oh, Jesus man. Christ. You are yeah. crazy, dude. So, yeah, every day? Every day? Stupid's the word, I think. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, every day. But it's, you know, you get you weigh out the pros and cons. Like, I got a company truck, company car, and I can travel whenever I the fuck I want. And I still go back to the job. Mm. And I got, you know what I mean? It's a stressful job, but. It's worth it, you know, it's worth it. But yeah, the drive, it fucking sucks, man. It's definitely causing my dreads to fall out. Wild, bro. <laughs> no, but, I think that's your diet. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you guys Do- eat on the road? Dr. Pepper and candy is not so great for hair health. It's food Mexican food, bro. Food Mexican food. <laughs> yeah, we just fucking, shit, this guy's the nutritionist, so he eats all healthy. Is it hard to eat healthy all the time? Yeah, you can only do so much. I was going to say, I bet it's hard. Definitely, yeah, I mean, like, (coughs) the 
bad shit's cheaper. <laughs> it is, know? man. Dude, like, gas station food hits different. You know? <laughs> it's different, bro. Right. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard eating on the road, too, you know? What are you getting at 7-Eleven? You got, like, shit. 20 bucks. All right, like a Dr. Pepper. Right? <laughs> yeah, that chips, was the first. Bag of chips and fucking some, maybe whatever hot food they got there. You know those wings? Mean? The shish kebabs? Meat oh, yeah, sticks. those bombs. I am a big fan of buffalo sticks. sauce, but like for those, they have like just the regular wings and shit. I'll get those or the pizzas. Pizza smack. Yeah, bro. Fucking all. The cheese is all hard after like 12. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Cheese is hard when they put it on there. It's just like, it's just good, <laughs> just bro. It's coagulated. That shit's bomb. <laughs> what about you jordan what are you eating typically uh at the gas station yeah and then like when you're on the road and yeah, stuff on the road and at the gas station yeah. if, if i had a if if i'm trying it depends on the situation once again because like like this weekend for instance right like i uh i'm not i'm not being super strict on my diet obviously it's like we're playing a festival i'm gonna let go a little bit i know me and the student are gonna be driving like quite a bit um so I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna... But I still only let go so much. Like, um, Hold on, I gotta hit this. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no That's cheese on is. that Big Mac. <laughs> he's oh, like, you guys have lettuce wraps? Just nuts and so fruit. outside of this, I primarily eat meat, cheese, raw, raw dairy. Uh, so meat, raw dairy, fruit... Um, raw dairy and like some eggs and honey and that's that's about it yeah raw milk yeah (laughs) raw milk raw cheese raw like if i can find raw milk yogurt um goat's milk yogurt whatever yeah Yeah, like liver king bro (laughs) yeah i mean that dude's got some good principles and what he teaches he's just obviously a character like a a caricature Mm -hmm. of himself um and the dude's for sure shooting up. Like I don't give a fuck what anybody says. He's on. He's on, Anabol. Fucking, some. He's on something. He's on all sure. the juice. Yeah. I heard, I heard that shit makes you like sick. Eating raw milk on the road doesn't like make you sick. <clears throat> no, that's the. It, we've been told if you man, you're gonna get me started on a fucking. Oh, yeah, here we go. Get it. Get so, it. so when I uh, demonetization, like, this one's demonetized now. N- nutrition's <laughs> been a big part of like my entire life because uh, when I was like seven years old, I watched my 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 aunt Veronica. I was super super close to her growing up, and uh, in fact, she was like, and no disrespect to my other aunties, but she was my favorite auntie because she. <laughs> She would. She almost felt like a second mom. Like they would babysit me sometimes, and um, she was just super cool, easy to get along with, and one of the most sweet, caring women you know I've ever known in my life. And uh, I only knew her until I was seven. She had breast cancer uh, for most of my that time that I knew her, um, and it would come and go. You know, it would get better, get worse, and uh, and then when I was about seven or eight, was it started really rapidly attacking her. And um, she went on like a version of the Gerson therapy, which is basically mostly plant-based um, and then some raw foods here and there. Uh, and coffee enemas is like a big part of it. But what? The, the main part is getting rid of processed foods for like for the start, like getting rid of processed sugars, processed um, seed oils. Seed oils is what's the biggest fucking factor in any metabolic issue that that's going on in, in mostly in westernized civilizations um but so she she was showing improvement when she started cutting all that shit out and uh because she was so religious um my uncle was a pastor her husband and she she just decided she uh wanted the way she put it she said it was her time to go serve the lord so she just kind of started eating everything 
back the way that she was and just let the cancer take her and you know we watched watched her go on her deathbed and uh i just had that the whole connection of nutrition and you know health imprinted in my mind at such an early age that uh it, it was just always there for me and you know i ate like shit up until i was about 12 or 13 when i started to skateboard um and i was still eating mcdonald's and shit at the time but uh i started to become at least conscientious of what i was putting into my body because i would notice a difference sometimes when i was skateboarding i would notice how it would affect my day so if it was like if i just ate a bunch of bullshit in the morning my skateboarding is going to get cut short today and it's like I, i'm going to have what six hours to go skate i want to get the most out of that six hours while it can go and um i'm skating for six hours a long time i used to skate for like eight to ten hours most days like just non-stop too like me and my friends would just get obsessed and it'd be like how how do we make this fucking trick work and we would sit there and even discuss angles and stuff like that you know this guy ramiro yeah mizzy yeah that's my cousin no shit mizzy's your cousin yeah oh dude i love mizzy i thought yeah i thought you guys would know each other He's an old skater, too. One of my favorite people. He's like 65. Yeah, he's at least 83 by <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Shout out, yeah, shout out him. He's always here. So. It sounds without, like it's always been a part of your life. Yeah. I mean, without, you know, boring you guys with too much of the detail, I, I uh, at this point, like, I've tried everything in the fucking book. I was vegan for four years, and that was the biggest fucking scam Um <laughs> that's ever come to be uh i it completely destroyed my health i um i was sickly looking you know the way you always say you look sick that's how i that's how i felt that's what everybody used to tell me all the time (laughs) no 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 that's how i feel no no i'm not (laughs) uh but everybody used to be worried about me like legit worried and it would piss me off but the thing that happens is your mental health starts to deteriorate on a vegan diet and they're like dozens and dozens and dozens of studies that show brain uh function impairment from like uh kids that are put on vegan diets like they don't develop the same they just literally their their hormones will take a hit they their bone structure doesn't develop the same um and their their brain doesn't grow the same it doesn't function the same uh you see higher instances of anxiety uh depression uh suicide um irrational like anger outbursts and things like that like all these things have been proven mostly by like swiss studies and uh different studies over in like nordic countries where they've looked at this real closely and um even things like birth defects are due to like a lack of omega-3s something that you can only get from like fish and good grass-fed beef or uh well-raised eggs or something like that um and what's bizarre is uh for me to figure out to get to where i'm at i had to look back to like how and this is pretty much what liver king talks about too is like looking at how our ancestors ate like if you really look back on how food history has developed um we were basically carnivores primarily like your tribe was always trying to get the kill first they were never like i'm gonna have a fucking salad today it was like how do we sustain ourselves for the longest period of time we need to kill an animal and so for like thousands of years we always prioritized meat uh things like spinach or fucking lettuce or um name a fucking vegetable broccoli like broccoli's a freak mutation from some different plants that we've somehow Damn, really. brought to be same with cauliflower um i really like broccoli yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh all those things were only survival foods like we never 
they, they were never essential for human beings to live. Those are all things that we used to look for when we didn't have enough meat to feed the whole tribe. And typically, you can even look at uh, different situations like the Mongols, for instance, are a great example of like um, Genghis Khan they almost never ate vegetables and they were the most dominant and the other tribes that they would fight would say these guys have energy beyond belief we can't keep up with them they fucking go for eight ten hours a day in battle and we're like done after two hours because they're eating gruel the guys the guys that are getting beaten by the mongols are eating shit like rice and grains primarily a little bit of meat here and there and their bones are breaking faster their energy's dwindling faster they can't keep up genghis khan used to fucking eat raw liver he used to fucking eat a shit ton of cheese and yogurt and And fucking rape a bunch of bitches uh, and that too sadly yeah 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 but but they had stamina beyond belief and um they were built different their bones were denser they were stronger um and there are several other examples of this throughout history where uh different tribes were way more dominant way more um they just flourished more they were more um, I believe you. You're, 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 I, I totally agree with everything yeah, you're yeah. saying. Fucking, I have a vegan friend that I'm going to show this. I'm going to be like, bro, look at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan from Red Sage talks about it, so you should do your own research on it and come to your own conclusion. I started having seizures on a vegan diet. You, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And when I went to the doctor, she was like, because I was on a vegan diet, she goes, well, it sounds like you eat healthier than I do, so it's probably just stress. She She didn't even know where to begin to look. And I've come to learn since that if you have things like green juice, like juicing, like, like, um, you know, people have those green fucking juices, the naked, whatever, with the spinach and like, they are tasty. That shit can cause liver failure. Damn. So can carrot juice. I used to drink carrot juice like a madman. I used to drink green juice like a madman. And my kidneys used to hurt. My liver would hurt. I would literally have like these fucking wild aches that would just put me on the floor. And then uh, at a point that those grew into me having full-blown seizures. And what was happening was my brain was starting to shut down. I wasn't getting enough B12 to support my nervous system or creatine for my brain. Um, And... When I had my first piece of meat, actually, my brother made me bone broth from Turkey on one Thanksgiving, and he was like, you just need to drink this, because I was feeling sick. I had had a seizure while I was with my family on that Thanksgiving morning, and I woke up, and I went and told my mom that was like the seventh time I had a seizure, and um, that was like a really bad one, because any time before that, I had somebody with me. That was the first time I didn't have somebody with me, and I was stuck on the floor trying to scream, and I I couldn't get a noise to come out of me, like my entire body was just shut down but i was aware like i was awake you were like shaking and shit. i was convulsing on the ground just in a full-on stiff position couldn't couldn't move a limb couldn't fucking move my mouth i was like almost paralyzed um and any time before that that it happened i was usually with the girl and what they would do I i would i would i would usually tell them if this happens to me blow weed into my mouth because that was the only thing that would fucking stop. So they would just take a big rip, blow it straight into my mouth, hold my mouth closed for a second, and I would start to calm down, and then I could climb up onto the fucking bed or something. Um, and so the last time it happened, I went upstairs, and my brother was like, just try some bone broth. And he sat and cooked these bones down for hours and hours, and when I drank it, it was like a fucking light switch turned on. I felt the energy just fucking coursing through my veins. It felt like I had just done a fucking drug like like i had just taken adderall or something all of a sudden i could think again i my um 
my vision felt brighter, felt sharper. Like my heart was like starting to smooth out on the heartbeat again. Everything just, it, 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 it was an angering moment because I realized what I had done to my body for mm. four years at that, in that instance. Damn. And then I had pork a few days later and that was even more intense. Like just all of a sudden I was smiling again. I was like fucking not pissed off at the world. And, uh, Damn, that's crazy. That is that's that's very crazy. Yeah. You, you eat. You don't give a fuck about what you eat. You you be eating oh, candy. <laughs> Here's all the yeah. How you gonna follow shit. this up? This guy's just talking shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, you should, I guess you should eat. You should probably eat more stuff. Is what you're saying. I mean, a more meat and stuff. Like a more balanced diet. Yeah, like, more shit, balanced man, diet. I like my vegetables. More Taco Bell. Too. Most like of the vegetables. studies that tell us not to eat that type of stuff, like meat or dairy, are paid for by canola companies canola oil companies soybean oil companies um sugar industry um even pharmaceutical companies have paid for studies to show that like to like tell doctors to make red meat look like the problem because they have money invested in some other company like yeah it's all politics business politics yeah it's crazy it is crazy yeah, yeah I've tried fuck. to eat healthy and shit. You know, I got stomach problems. My stomach fucking hurts all the time. But you know, so I've tried to eat healthy and shit. But like that shit never works. How many know? Cheetos are you eating on a daily basis? <laughs> <laughs> shit, like I on a weekly basis, at least thirty. Like three, probably. Like a bag. Like how many bags like a week? <laughs> like fucking three, fuck, three bags of Cheetos. Man, You're making the man think about his Cheeto intake right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> I drink a lot of pop. That's a bad thing. Oh, it's the yeah. soda for you? <laughs> how, ma- how many pops a day? Shit, man. Oh, shit. I ain't going there, bro. Oh, you ain't going there? Nah, maybe like at least three shit you know, mm. each meal. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. each meal. You have yeah. one meal. Mm. What's your go-to soda? Dr. Pepper. Right? Hey, hey, hey. Oh. It was Sprite for a long time. It was Sprite. Hey, but, Sprite uh, smacking. But now it's Dr. Pepper. Pubs, yeah, like, Pubs root beer. Ooh. Yeah, root beer too. Ooh. That shit. Dude, me, me and my dad used to put down a 12 pack of cans and a two liter of soda for dinner, like in, in a day between the two of us. We would we would catch a whole 12 bro. pack in a day. What, what kind of pop? Uh, Dr. Pepper was my go to growing up, yeah. but he would usually have like six different varieties behind the bar. Oh, up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Awesome like a, soda drinker. That's yeah, insane. We were. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Um, I don't, I want to. I want to. You guys, press for time. It's three twenty. Are we good? What time are we, we gonna be there for? Yeah, we're good. All right, we, we got going it. for a little bit. A few, a few more questions. Um, you guys think of any questions in back there? Um, you guys were gonna ask about fucking. I just went on about oh, nutrition uh, for yeah. half an yeah, hour. Yeah, I know, but honestly, it was good talk. It's good. It's good to hear. You know, I have. I, I do have one, and I know what you're gonna bring up is uh, opening for Bon Jovi. Oh, um, yeah. I, you might have not been there, right? No, no, no that was no, that was that before was you. That was a few years ago, right? Twenty eighteen. Uh, yeah, twenty eighteen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So how was that? Tell us the story about that, man. Oh, dude. Uh, where do I begin with that one? Bon Jovi. Um, yeah. So first of all, shout out to Soul Trap. I got no bad blood with those guys. Things went awry with us uh, on on the tour. Soul, Soul Trap. Trap. Soul Trap. Yeah. Um, I'm still super close with Paul with their drummer. Uh, in fact, me and him both 
quit on the tour after the bon jovi show but um you gotta make the bon jovi show. <laughs> well well that, that was that was that was the first like that was before they even asked me to go on the tour oh okay, okay uh okay. but i i had filled in with this band one time in colorado when they came through on a tour and they just needed a keyboard player for their colorado run so i played like four shows with them uh without knowing any of their music and just had to get up and me and paul just kept contact the whole time and i was just watching them for changes and shit so uh you know they they knew that i was able to pick things up pretty quick so um their keyboard player quit and like right before this tour was supposed to happen so first they called me and they were like hey if we can't find somebody would you want to go on this tour with us in a couple weeks we're you know it's going to be like a month and a half we're going all over the country uh they sent me the list of dates i was like yeah i'll quit my job right now and uh so i I, you know i went told my boss basically i was i had three weeks left and uh and then um they called me like right back and uh it was paul the drummer and he's like hey could you be down here next week actually he's like uh we just got asked to open up for bon jovi and i'm like whoa i'm like okay tell my boss i'm quitting uh whatever monday you know before i drive (laughs) out there yeah so that's what i told him i was like actually it's gonna be like four days notice now and uh for bon you told him because i'm opening for yeah yeah every there everybody was like stoked about it so um i ended up uh driving down there it's you know whatever 14 hours to san antonio i was like eating acid to keep myself awake on that drive fire and uh yeah allegedly allegedly yeah (laughs) whatever whatever, i mean yeah in in minecraft what i meant to say was um (laughs) no anyway so yeah i got there and you know we had uh it was like a 35 or 40 minute set and we had a day to rehearse and then um what i didn't expect was that they were going to ask me to start the show by myself on the stage in front of nineteen thousand people whoa coming down from a bunch of acid well the that drive the down trip. yeah that was a trip and then the second day i was there was all just rehearsal and then the third day was oh, the show okay which i also did eat some acid before the show so yes uh, <laughs> fire but uh yeah yeah so anyway so you had to start the show by yourself yeah so i have like a mixer pad that's got samples on it and i start the sample and then at a certain point of the sample we're playing well, it's essentially the intro riff from Boondocks. I don't know if any of you guys watch that cartoon. Boondock uh, Saints? But the, like, whatever that line is oh, from yeah, that cartoon. Yeah, the, uh, the singer had taken that riff and kind of messed with it a little bit. So it was like a variation of that riff, uh, but it was inspired by the Boondocks. So I'm basically playing this intro with the sample going that's just got like police sirens and this whole build up going and that's the things building up i keep playing through this riff and then the band comes out like a minute later and um it was just it was so intense because well first of all let me back up first of all we almost miss the load-in time this is a whole different situation they've got they've got bomb sniffing dogs they got like fucking federal agents there to secure the premises um there was just a bomb that went off in fucking dallas like an hour or so away whatever it was so um and then a car exploded on the fucking highway like on our way there like we just see this car in flames and smoke like no no joke at all and we're like pressed for time we realize that like we have to be in the gate by one o'clock the car just goes off and they dude dude, they told us if you don't get here at before one on the dot you're not playing the show and we're it's like 
1257 and we're like still blocks away from the lot and somehow some way we pull in and everything just opens up like right at like right at 1259 and we just cut to the fucking gate so clock strikes one o'clock and we call the lady and she's like she's like if you would have been five minutes later like this thing would not have been happening and yeah. we we're just like shit okay so we get in and uh like i said we're, we get back there and there's fucking bomb sniffing dogs we got to walk by the, the agents are you know checking all our gear out and shit and um one of the most insane experiences ever phil x his guitar player came up and was just chopping it up with us for a bit before like like it was nothing you know I, I mean it was it was like really cool but we got this catering experience where uh it was like all the stuff that they had requested so the spread they dude they just had like full flanks of salmon like this fucking big just roasted out with like <laughs> fresh orange slices on top and all these herbs and stuff and then like stuffed chickens and like quail and there's fucking like roast beef over here and there's a whole assortment of like 30 different cheeses and breads all the fucking fruit you could want a juicing station with the fruit every type of milk like like those motherfuckers like wanted one of every milk like who does that (laughs) like like on my rider that skim you're like so bored you must be so bored as like one of the biggest artists in the world that you just go give me one of everything i don't know like i don't know what i'm gonna want when i get there in a week you know to san antonio on the rider let me just put one of everything and i'll make up my mind when i get there that's all i could assume that was going on because they had one of every cake too like there's a carrot cake there's a chocolate cake there's a vanilla cake there's a fucking it's like (laughs) of course you got five members in the band and whatever a staff of 20 on tour with them like how many cakes do you need every night uh so anyway i ate my face off and um then we got interviewed by una vision down there and like three other television stations that were local and every single one of them asked me what does it feel like to be representing your home uh, state of texas and your home city of san antonio (laughs) and i was like every single one of them i was like i'm actually from colorado and they like asked me first you know so then they're like okay next person like Did uh, not air that. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, right. I was on the no. Univision for sure. Uh, somebody sent me the recording of that, but uh, I don't think I was on any of the other ones. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so anyway, they the guy comes, he announces us. Um, it was crazy when we were doing our sound check because the stage is retractable. So we're like, when we got there, the stage was in the middle of the arena. And um, while we're setting all our gear up and we're starting to plug in, the stage just starts moving and they're pushing it all the way oh back to the God. other side and oh, so like while we're doing sound check we're moving. just on a moving stage that's badass that, that is, is badass sick. yeah uh and then yeah the guy comes up he introduces us he's like soul tribe and this was why i thought it was funny is because he's says soul tribe and the arena is going crazy i'm the only one that's not actually in the band and i'm the only one that walks out for the first two they minutes so confused it, it, well i don't think any I of them mean, really of course do. you're just opening yeah yeah, joke yeah, yeah but I was just like the silliness of the situation that I'm the only one not from Texas. This was supposed <laughs> right. to be a Texas local competition to find a Texas local band. And I'm up there by myself taking all this applause and alone. And it felt like I keep describing it to so people as like that moment in Selena when she fir- first oh walks goodness. out into the bullpen <laughs> yeah. and it's all dark in the fucking stadium and you could just see like a few lights here and there. That's what it felt like. Damn. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you murdered that's, it. That's so awesome. Yeah, and then 40 minutes went by in the blink of an eye, and it was all done. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. 
How old were you when that happened? It was four years ago, so I was 28. 28. Yeah. Wow. That is so awesome. That sounds... I couldn't even imagine that feeling. I can't either. <laughs> I can't either, bro. I don't know. Like, I, like legitimately, I, I think people think I joke when I'm telling them. Like, I don't know. I still don't know what the experience was. Like, it doesn't make sense to me because I didn't work my way up to that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if I had had that journey of, like, grinding out for years and years to earn a spot in an arena in front of 20,000 fucking people <sighs> sold out... Uh, then it might have made sense to like see that progression but to be only six years into my music career and then to get that opportunity it just didn't make any sense and i the entire time i was on there i was like what am i doing here like (laughs) why why am i here how did this happen you know obviously grateful for it and for the experience for the moment um i don't think i got to appreciate it for what it was though because the whole time i'm just like kind of flying by the seat of my pants and like trying to comprehend what the fuck is life yeah what about uh i gotta guess kind of a question that relates to it what about the way people treat you like after that happens do you feel like people treat you differently i I, i'm i'm glad that time has passed to the point where people are no longer going hey you're that guy that opened for bon jovi Mm -hmm. like that's that's what i got for about a year and a half almost two years after that wow and it, it just like it i didn't i don't want to be recognized for that like it's cool that it happened i like that people recognize that i did it and it does put a certain like you know check mark on my resume or whatever that lets people know that i can handle pressure uh or that i can rise to the occasion or that whatever um so for me i i would i like that um it, it puts a little stamp of approval i guess on on my music career but I didn't like that some people, it felt like we're equating my entire music career to that moment. And it's like, I haven't even begun to do what I want to do. We're now starting to like break through the mold into this kind of upper level of what this, at least the reggae scene has to offer. I envision that we can somehow even bypass that if we really wanted to. Um, you know, like stick figures at this like level where they're, headlining red rocks on the regular you know two nights a year now um which is cool but i don't know if those guys will ever be playing in a twenty thousand plus arena you know what i'm saying like they might be at a festival or something like that but to do it consistently night after night like i think that that's that's what most people would aspire to if you're like really trying to get to that upper level and uh what I want to do is try to figure out how to make that happen with our music. It's just, I know we're still years away from that. You know, it's a slow crawl. It's not a race. It's, um, it's inch by inch and day by day. So that's just how I take it. But, um, as far as the experience goes, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful that that happened. Um, it gave me a lot of confidence moving forward to just kind of look at any other musical like situation and just be like, this is whatever now, you know, I can just have fun at any given moment now. Like it doesn't matter if I'm in front of 500 people, 2000 people, the moment doesn't get to me anymore because I've been there and I've done that now. Now I can have fun while I'm on stage because there's no nerves involved. There's no like second guessing my ability or, you know, if I can handle the weight of the moment, it's just, how do I give this crowd the best possible fucking experience that I can while I'm up here for this time? Mm. Wow. I like um, that. Aaron, you know, I feel like um, you're kind of coming into 
you you're kind of the lead you're the leader yeah yeah so um you know how does it how how do you feel like kind of is he a good leader do you feel like you're you're in a good path to do what he plans to do Fuck no i'm scared <laughs> yeah um, I, yeah you know it's, it's you know with our rehearsals and stuff it's it's very just straightforward you know what i mean we have a good schedule there's good communication that's key communication is key um, cause I've been with bands, there's, there's just no communications and then we playing a three piece band. So that's, especially with the reggae, you know what I mean? You got, there's a lot of like with the keyboard player that just fills in the whole song, you know, but we, this is the best three piece band I've ever played with, you know, and it, we sound good. So it's, it's, it's a lot, man. Um, but it's been a good journey with these guys. It's, we got a lot to learn, you know what I mean? Lots to grow from and, um. Got a lot more memories to go from, you know, make. So, it's been good vibes, bro. Good vibes. You guys, hey, how close are you guys? You guys, like, you guys call each other bro yet? Brothers? You guys just, like, friends still? No. Oh, yeah, we're, we've known each other for a while. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. We didn't, like, we didn't necessarily hang out a lot before he came into the band, but uh, I think we had, like, an instant connection when he came in. We, I mean, we already kind of knew each other on some level. Mostly just from being at the same shows for years and years. Um, same what's up to each other. Yeah, but I think for sure part of it is us both being from Pueblo. There's already some sort of a bond, you know, right. being from Pueblo, Pueblo. that other of people course. are never going to understand because everybody talks shit on Pueblo. But everybody. for us, it's like we're allowed to talk shit on Pueblo. <laughs> yeah. from it, you know what I'm saying? But still, at the end of the day, it's like this is my hometown and I love people here. Like the mm-hmm. people here will make this sound dope. Yeah. Um, and regardless of who you are, there is some fucking bond that we all carry. And uh, I think we both speak that language. So it, it just it made it easy for us to kind of adapt while we were on the road. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think about this I think about you like a little brother, like to be honest. And uh, so so for me, it was like, how do I? You guys ever hugged? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hugged, yeah, I hugged him twice today. What are you talking about? Would y'all, uh, would y'all uh, Eiffel, Eiffel uh, Tower together? We, we talked about H-clap. it actually. Well, he's in a relationship. Uh, I was so. like, I, I, I told him just no eye contact. You know, as long as, <laughs> as, long as there's no eye contact and we're not, as my nuts aren't touching anything they're not supposed to. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> all right, all right. We got a few more minutes. I want to get, I want to get into what the people really want to know. When's the album coming out? What's, what's it called? Uh, well, we got uh, I got four songs that are from actually before these guys even came in that I need to get finished right now and get them out. And I've actually been debating um, if I want to release all four of them with the single that I just put out called Darling I Do. Um, I, I, I might just put them all together and just release it as a small EP or... I'm going to do every two months and just release some singles so that the three of us and whoever the new keyboard is going to be um, can go and record a whole new album so that by the time those singles all drop, we'll have some new music to start dropping. That's, that's I think, probably the better way to do it. So uh, so hopefully um, what, I'm, what I'm aiming for right now is like by the end of October uh, is to have hopefully Reverie, um, I think... If we if we can get that one done, I might have to rush it out, which I don't want to do. But I would love to release it before Halloween because it's kind of a little bit of a darker vibe to it. So mm. um, I feel like it'd be fitting for Halloween. It's about DMT. It's about hey, uh, shout yeah, out talking aliens. Dimitri, yeah. <laughs> Dimitri. Yeah. I like it. So check out their single out now, darling. I do right. Yes, sir. You can check that out everywhere, guys. Yeah, definitely. 
Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, all right. You, Ricky, you want to end it with anything? Uh, no. I mean, we're going to have to talk about the DMT talk a little bit more later, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you know okay, what I mean? Maybe, but, maybe we could talk, talk, to it to, talk about it tonight. I have some. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back at Brews on the... 15th of October. 15th, yeah. So you guys will come back here, hopefully yeah, the 15th yeah, too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, come back, yeah. guys. Seriously, we'll have, that'd be we'll cool. have Nick with us, so we'll have the full red stage band. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hopefully, we'll have a key player by then. Fuck. We we could change the dynamic. We could bring more people in. We typically have like a show dynamic. Okay. Where we'll just be like bullshitting and uh, just doing whatever, having smoking fun, more smoking more. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Talking about bullshit. Totally down exactly. for that. Bullshit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Can you guys want to shout out yourselves to the camera? Drop to, all your dates yeah, too. Yeah, drop all your social media is awesome. uh tomorrow obviously wait are, is this live this, or is no this it's like... gonna be dropped after your show okay okay yeah um so then we just got done playing with fortunate youth after you've heard this uh but um anyway <laughs> uh right now we have october 12th with through the roots in durango um october 14th with through the roots in denver at the marquee and the 15th of october we will be at bruise ale house here in pueblo I feel like I'll be safe to disclose this in a week if that's when this releases. Uh, Wednesday. But we are potentially being added to New Year's Eve with Fortunate Youth at Cervantes. Mm, nice. Well, so, stupid amount yeah. of ads for that show. Word. Hell Lots yeah. Of ads. Oh, I'd love to see you guys on that one. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Show tonight, right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, going to go there. interview Cashed Out in like uh, three hours. Cool, cool. Oh, yeah. Loading, huh? Yeah. Mm. Nice. Fucking. Hell yeah, nice, man. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having us, guys. Of course, guys. Thanks for coming. Did yeah. you guys say your social medias? I don't know if they... Oh, uh, Facebook at Red Sage Music, Instagram at Red Sage Music, Twitter at Red Sage Music. I don't update that enough, but uh, I do sometimes, so follow us there, <laughs> too. Um, and then www.redsagemusic.com. Uh, I think I have an email list set up on there, so if you guys do go there, please sign up for our email list so that I can start keeping track of cities that we go to and give venues something so that they know uh, that we got some fans because I hear that that's the best way to do it. It's the Kevin Hart email, Like an email list? <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's a good way. That's the show. Mm. Email's the way to go. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Aaron, can we get your uh, social medias where, where they can find you? Yeah, uh, the OG Roots on Instagram, OG Roots 5 underscore 719. Boom. Bow. You know Ricky. Follow him everywhere. Follow me everywhere, guys. All right, guys. Street Champs, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Red Sage. Thanks so much, guys. Stoked for tonight. Thank you, guys. All right. Peace. Peace.